You only have so much time. And you have a big assignment. I want the entire world to hear the gospel in my generation. I want every person on this planet to be saved. We open God's Word today together to be subject to it, to be taught by it, to be instructed. Let's go. What you're saying right now is, how did we get here? Well, because people do not believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, that's where it is. Yep. Being Reformed is more than just affirming the five solas. It's more than just affirming Tulip. No one is outside the reach of Christ and His blood. If we are truly Reformed, there should be a sanctification, a desire to be sanctified by Christ, by holding onto as tight as we can the one who makes us white as snow. You can no more born yourself again than you born yourself the first time. Just so that you guys don't think we're just pulling stuff out of our cans here. Welcome to Matter of Theology. Uh, glad to be with you. Yes. This is part two of our Roman series. If you haven't listened to part one, go listen to that. Do it. We are going to be going through... Romans 1, we're not going through the whole book, we're just going through Romans 1 and dealing with what it says uh, in relation to our culture, mm. but in part 1, we don't really get into that, but what we do deal with is what, h how we are to deal with ourselves first. Right, and that's that's what Paul, um, you know, that, that that's what Paul did, if you notice from... Oh man, verse seven and eight on he he's showing his heart um, before he launches into doctrine theology before he tells them that they are uh, under the wrath of God as verse eighteen says um, and and that's important um, for all of us every single one of us whenever there's any moment to evangelize or um, to to do apologetics which is giving defense for the hope that we have yeah. uh, it's important. Uh, that we that we show our hearts first, that there mm. there be a conversational uh, piece to that, mm. um, because you know um, what did we all need at mm. one point? Who are believers? Yeah. We, we needed uh, the gospel, and so it's something that we know, uh, or right. we're not a believer. Right. Um, so, but it has to be. We have to show our hearts first. It mm. just can't be beating somebody with. And a I like it. You know, I mean, I think it's good to to look at what Paul. You know, I mean, I know we're going to get into it, but. Now, you know, in verse 14, Paul talks about him being under an obligation. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and how, that, how that is connected back to verse 1 and being set apart for the gospel, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, uh, and just, there, but it's not an obligation of, uh, in a sense, that you just have to do it no matter what. It's, it, that obligation comes from a regenerate heart that now longs and desires to see others come to know Jesus because we have been transformed by Jesus. Well, that word obligation there literally means debtor. Mm -hmm. We yeah, are oh yeah. in debt. We and are there are under. other places where he actually oh yeah. calls himself yeah. a yes. debtor. Yes, First Corinthians yeah. 9. Yeah. Um, right. You know, mm -hmm. so he, uh, it, it's important <clears throat> to remember that, that we, and, and we're not under obligation as in it's a, it's a, um, 
qualifier for us to be justified, but right. we're under obligation from we've received it and we owe it to everyone else because That's we right. know lo- we love them and desire, as Scripture says, we earnestly desire and pray for uh, all, all men to be saved, but all types of men. All types of men. Yes, thank you mm-hmm. for for qualifying that. Um, but you know, if the riches of the gospel have been given to us, you know. We have to give it to others right. um, willingly, joyfully, not like okay. I guess I got to share the gospel. Well, no, I mean, and it, well, I mean, that's why. I mean, it, it comes from a regenerate heart. It right. comes from a heart, right? And in in other places, Paul even talks about how he loves the law of God, right? Right? Be, yep. Yeah, because he because because his heart now longs to be like Jesus. His heart longs to. Uh, because he knows there's freedom in the law now, right? The, the law is no longer condemning believers. It is, it, is, it is freedom in the law to pursue what God has called us to do. And, right. and, and, uh, and so I think all of that, all of that does, uh, does tie together there. And, um, uh, and, and, I, and, and, I, and I, think, I think something that needs to be said is um, <clears throat> Paul— was a Jew of Jews, right? Yes. And and uh, Jews, w- when when the early church began, <clears throat> Jews had a very difficult time receiving Gentiles into the fold, right? They had a very it, there was there were it, like had a very difficult time receiving Gentiles into the fold, and and I think I think how how beautiful it is that Paul, who was a Jew of Jews, is now under obligation to preach the gospel lovingly and joyfully to Greeks and barbarians. Well, it, that, and- it, the gospel breaks. What I'm saying is the gospel clearly, God through Jesus has broken down any barrier that man can put up. The gospel shatters those barriers. Well, and and let's we're going to come back to that because I think there's a big topic. Oh yeah, for us to for us to address here, and oh, yeah. I think it needs to be addressed. Sure, sure. Um, with with how much rhetoric we see going on right now, but but something I want to point out really quickly. Uh, in this verse, in verse 14 of cha- Romans chapter 1, he says, and Nick's already said it. Well, I, well, I'm, should we read the text? Yeah, let, let's, let's, read, let's, let's read all so, three so, verses, so, four verses. So if you haven't listened to part one, we covered verses 1 through 13. Yep. Here, we're only going to deal with verses 14, 14 through, through 17. 17. Sorry. <clears throat> uh, all right, Paul said this. Uh, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So, for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, but all, and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith very word of god and and it's loaded this mm-hmm. section of scripture is where is 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 this section of scripture that the lord used through the power of the holy spirit to convert martin luther mm-hmm. 
So we're going to keep that in mind as we read this section. So, but starting out in verse 14, we've already talked about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Greeks and the barbarians. Greeks were cultured, refined, polished. Barbarians. Wise. They had had, had worldly Mm -hmm. wisdom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Their philosophy, right? Right. Right. I think of, I think of, I think of Colossians, right? Yeah. And, 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 and. You know how how the the Colossian church, the false teachers there were 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 preaching a they were teaching a philosophy, right? And and there's this idea that 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 worldly philosophy is is the wisdom that even believers need, right? And, that's right. And 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 that's what I think if we can start right. We can start talking about the culture right there. There's you know the we're. We think we're like the Greeks. Our society thinks that we're like the Greeks where we have where we have things figured out, right? Where where our philosophy and our wisdom, our worldly wisdom have got things figured out. And and we're going to see when we get later on in Romans 1 Oof. that that is actually the opposite of the case. Right. And and bef- before we dive in there, just from the 30,000 foot view, I just want to say this right off the top of the you know right, right out of the gate and maybe this is just because of where the Lord has me right now. Greeks, barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish. And so can I just say that believer, Christian, uh, if you call yourself a believer, if you profess to be and possess faith in Christ, you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to preach the gospel to the wisest of the wise and the fullest of the fools and everyone in between. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the main things that Paul's, Paul's getting out here. Mm-hmm. So just from a 30,000 foot view, mm-hmm. everybody needs the gospel. <clears throat> We don't know who the elect are. We don't know uh, who the Spirit will touch and open their eyes and shine his light into. We don't know that. So we preach the gospel to everyone we come in contact with. Okay, so starting there. That goes back to being a debtor. Mm -hmm. Correct. That that goes back to... so, So... uh, he's talking about salvation, and salvation, of course, we would we know is a free gift. Mm-hmm. We also know that Paul has never met these people, mm-hmm. right? So Paul is in debt for a free gift to a people that he's never met. Mm-hmm. And so it's like he's saying, "Here's a gift." The Lord is saying, "Here's a gift. Now go give it to somebody." That's mm-hmm. right. So so going back to that in debt, so people can understand it. There's two types of being in debt, right? There's being in in debt directly, where if I give Chris, you know, $20 for something. Well, he is indebted to me. He now owes me $20. Right. There's a there's another form of in debt which is indirectly where if I give Chris $20 to give to Nick, Chris is under obligation right. to give that money to Nick. Mhm. So so just like Chris just said, we have been entrusted with the riches of the gospel, the gospel message, and we are in debt to give it to non-believers, to right. give it to the world. That's right. That's right. So now I want to go back, though, uh, to something that, that Nick started uh, Nick started down. Um, is in, in We see this theme littered all throughout Scripture. Uh, so... When this comes up in our culture today, and this is a hot button issue uh, with with people who are, are identify as evangelical Christians today, is the issue of race mm. and racial <clears throat> racial reparations. Um, race is not a biblical category, by the way. Yes, it's it's not. It's we are all one in Christ. There is one kingdom of God. 
made up of men and women uh, from all nations, tribes, and tongues. Ra- race can't be a biblical category when in salvation and in heaven there are people of all tribes, tongues, and nations. That's right. That's, right. It, it, yeah. it, it's incoherent idea. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I mean, and ultimately, <clears throat> ultimately, whether 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 we're talking about heaven or whether we're talking about you know uh, the visible church or it doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. Uh, every human is created imago dei. And that's the issue that, you know, I mean, the issue goes back to creation, that's not, right. not, not even, I mean, take you, not that we can take salvation out of it, but take salvation out of it. It goes back to creation. That's right. And, 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 and God is the one who created man, Imago Dei, right? In his image. And therefore we all have equal value. That's right. Because we're, because of who the creator is, that's right. not even, not even whether or not you're you're saved or unsaved, not whether you're part of the visible church or invisible church. That's not the point. The, the point is every human has equal value because of who created them. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, and, and I'll say this too. Um, well, it, it's interesting to hear some of the rhetoric today um, uh, that, that, that you, that that is flying, especially over, it's all over Twitter, um, is where I'm seeing most of it, um, uh, is, is this issue of racial, racial reparations and, uh, the social justice and social gospel. Um, and there are so, there, there's so much that could be said to that. The gospel I, is social, absolutely by the, by the way. Absolutely it is. But um, it's social in the fact that it supersedes anything in society. Correct. Correct. I mean, and, Anything. And Everything you, you literally just said what I was going to say. So every, <laughs> every, it, it, it's a Love social it. gospel in the sense of society is underneath the gospel. Well, and, and I, God's word. That's right. That's right. And and, and there are some great resources out there. Um, that I, I want to plug a, a, a podcast real quick, um, Ag. If that's okay with you, yeah. um, it's called the Just Thinking Broadcast uh, by Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker. Uh, they're just two guys um, that have gotten together and they mm. they approach uh, all sorts of topics. But one of the ones that they've done that they've done a lot of uh, podcasts on mm. uh, is is this issue. Yeah. Uh, they, they just released one this past week called whiteness, which was one. of And I, and I put this on Twitter. This was probably the clearest and most biblical real discussion that I've heard on this topic. Mm. So you guys search the Just yeah. Thinking broadcast, yeah. uh, and if Daryl or Omaha Virgil yeah. uh, ever well, ever J- listen to this, we James James White James White began yeah. his yeah. program today yeah. really? with a tweet really? from with a tweet from, from Daryl Harrison. Harrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he yeah. Well, and he mentioned Omaha in there too. I mean, he mentioned both of them in the yeah. podcast in, 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 in his dividing to, line. To, to piggyback on that, when Doctor White was reading that. The thing that popped into my mind, because Dr. White made the comparison. He said, clearly, they've never gone to Africa right. and seen uh, what goes on in Africa. But what, he, he, what, what he's saying, what, what, whiteness happens in Africa. Yeah. Whiteness is not, even a, is not even a color issue. Mm. Whiteness, whiteness is now connected to uh, the, minority, the, the, the majority of, of a place. Mm. So the majority people in a place... By by this definition are the the whiteness, 
and and they are and just because of their majority now they are uh, in some way, they are they have a an unfair leg up on the minority of a particular and they and of a particular area. And now, because of that majority, because of that whiteness, that they owe something to the minority in that well, in that location. Right, right. So, and, and that's a. I mean, yeah. That's that's that. We we can go ahead and just say social justice. I'm just thinking socialism. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. that's social. I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking that's freaking Marxism is it, what that it, is. It, and yeah. it is. And, and, and you're, you'll hear you'll hear the term cultural Marxism mm-hmm. when it comes to this. Now, uh, a couple more quick things, and then uh, and then I want to bring it back to Romans here. Um, uh, Daryl and, and Virgil had uh, a podcast called Racial Reparations um, a, a few weeks back, and it was phenomenal. Uh, and and, and Daryl walked through his lineage. Now, if, if you don't know Daryl Harrison or have never seen a picture of him, he's an African-American man. Mm-hmm. Um, what? What? Uh, loves, loves the Lord. Uh, Drew and I had the opportunity to meet him in California. Um, and, uh, man, th- he, he gets on there and he's talking about, so, uh, racial reparations and, and specifically, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to go into the specifics there, but I'm going to read you a quote, um, of, of what he said. And I think this, this applies here. He said this quote, scripture is clear that the atonement of Christ on the cross is a vicarious atonement which is to say that it is accomplished by Christ on behalf of others, namely his elect. But scripture is also abundantly clear that the sins to which the vicarious atonement is applied are not vicarious. To suggest, as is by proxy, that a person must atone, whether in the form of reparations or other material compensation for sins that he or she did not actually commit is unbiblical and absurd. No one sins vicariously, so why should anyone be recompensed vicariously for offenses that were never committed to them in actuality? The answer is they shouldn't. Yeah, so they can't be. So because all, that, they're, that there's that's never ending. Like exactly it, it, that 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 if you, if you carry that out to its logical conclusion, then then by 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 that definition. That person who actually never sinned against another person is is essentially going to always just be indebted until that to that person until a sinner human decides sinfully in their own heart that's enough, and that and that's and and that puts them in the position of being God, Correct. and that that is idolatry. That's right, is what it is. You're you, you're holding an idol. By doing that, right. and 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 when you carry that out, I mean that's where you end up. That that person who has said that you owe me something—that's that's idolatry. That that means that that means that what God is and who God is and what He's done is not enough. And so you're just gonna owe me something until I say I'm satisfied. Right. It seems like not when the father was satisfied when his son gave himself on the cross and said it and, and said is it is finished, finished right? You know, it seems like all these guys that are talking about social gospel, social justice, um, they're speaking from a very Americanized, privileged place because their <laughs> arguments don't work in other parts of the world, or 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 in particular demographics of. Basketball players, predominantly black, make millions, millions. of dollars. Do, 
so so should so should black basketball players pay the minority white basketball players because they're not as be, good because they're not because <laughs> or they're not as good or they're just they just have the overwhelming majority in the NBA mm-hmm. do they do they owe something to the white basketball players because that's what you're saying that's what that's what this idea is saying mm-hmm. is you're taking a majority people and saying that they owe a minority something that's right mm-hmm. all right so how Taking all of that into consideration, Nick's sweating over there. Um, <laughs> fired up. Yeah. Uh, and he should be. Taking all that into consideration, how do you combat that? Here's how you combat it. And Paul gets right to the point. So, again, he shows his heart, right? We've established that. He says he's under obligation. He is in, in debt, and that is a present tense verb. It's not I will, I could be, but I am. It's consistently. I am, I'm, it's always, continually. It's continuing. I am always under obligation or in debt to everyone. Mm. And then lead right, right into verse 15. So for my part, here's that, that phrase again, I am continually, present tense, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also mm. who are in Rome, meaning we, we can we can start right out of the gate with this verse and see he's already preaching the gospel. He said also, there's that I am here, but that word eager. Mm. I when I really dove into this word eager, it it rocked me. Okay. It's literally means the forward leaning of a runner. Mm. Nick is a runner. Mm. Nick likes to run a lot of miles at one time. I get tired just listening. He's weird when Nick runs. So no doubt. that's it. We're pressing in with passion. That's that we cannot wait for the to go off so that we can go and preach the gospel to who? Everyone. Mm. Mm. Go ahead, boys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I love that. I mean, I, I think that's uh, that's absolutely amazing, and and I think I think it's almost like I think I think it's almost like a it, it seems to me like it's almost like a clarification. Paul's almost giving like a clarification. I'm under obligation, but in case you thought that I meant like I don't want to do it, in the next verse I'm going to say that I'm eager to do it. Oh yeah. I think it's almost, I almost see him like, you almost see him pastorally building this thing here. Like, I'm under obligation. And by the way, that obligation is not burdensome to me. I am so excited that I can, I'm almost getting ahead of myself going to do it. I can barely keep up with my own, my feet can barely keep up with the the rest of my body that I want to go there and do it so so quickly. Yeah. And in case you're confused about where the everyone is, that's what he addressed in verse 14 with Greeks that's and right. barbarians. That's right. Greeks were the highest of society in that region, and the barbarians were the lowest. So he's saying, I'm under obligation to everyone, the highest, the lowest, and everyone in between. Mm. So so notice, and we talked about this last time, remember who he's writing to and where they are, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. he's He's saying... In Rome, and, and we talked about last time how Rome was just sheer depravity on display. And Paul wanted to go there to encourage the, the saints that were in Rome to, to sharpen them um, so that he would also be sharpened and gain fruit. Um, and so when I, when I was uh, listening to uh, Dr. Steve Lawson kind of unpack this passage, one of the questions he asked was, where is your Rome? Mm. 
Mm. Where should you be going to? Where should you be eager to go preach the gospel where depravity is is on display always and and uh, something which Dr. is anywhere you're right anywhere. amen which is all which is everywhere amen. yeah um, and Dr Lawson brought up the point he said God loves to plant churches on the edge of hell mm. and I'm like whoa that's amen. good that's amen. good amen. so our church is doing it <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> right I mean not necessarily on the edge of hell but I mean hey man. Everybody needs the gospel. Everybody everywhere needs the gospel. I mean, he he makes it clear, right? Mm -hmm. right. Wise, foolish, and everybody in between. That means everybody, Mm -hmm. right? Greeks, barbarians, everybody in between, Mm -hmm. right? And and the the wisdom of God crushes the wisdom of men. That's right. Amen. And, And people... People think, and, and we're we're in a we're in a a country that thinks that we have it figured out, that we that we we know what's best. We that we we Lord God, we don't need you. We're gonna put you out. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna push you to the side, and we're gonna tell you, hey, we've got this, we've got this figured out. Whew. Oh, let me, I want to go to Revelation for a second here. Did we talk about this before? I, I literally just heard like a light bulb come on. That did, was awesome. Did, did we? Did we? Have we talked about Revelation four on this podcast before? Mm, yeah, yeah. We we did that when we talked about worship. Oh yeah, me and Chris did. You weren't there. Oh well. But dude, go for it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about this, dude. Let's do it. Let's talk about this for a minute. Let me, wait, wait. Let me turn. Right. Revelation. Come on. Uh, starting in verse, uh, starting in verse 14, uh, of chapter three, uh, this is the church of Laodicea and the angel of the church in Laodicea write the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works and you are neither hot nor cold. Would that you were either hot, cold, either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. That, listen, listen, our society, we think that we've got it figured out. And this is the same this is this is the same thing that the church of Laodicea is going through. Right? They're rich. They're this is a rich place. And they they and when when their city was wiped out and Rome came to help them, they told Rome, "No thank you. Because we're going to build it greater than it was before. We don't need anybody's help." That's what we think. That's what that's the that's where we are in our culture. We don't think we need anyone's help. We think that we've got it all figured out. And and look what Jesus says to look what Jesus says to them. You say I am rich. By the way, we live in one of the richest countries, if not the richest country, the richest in, the world, country in the world, right? Uh, you say I am rich. I have prospered and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Listen, when we think in our worldly wisdom and because of our wealth that we've got it all figured out, that is when we are most exposed to the evil one and to his plans and to 
uh, what he's doing. Look what naked. When I read that word naked, I just think, I think we're we're exposed, man. Laid bare. We are laid bare and exposed, and that is not when we're exposed before God. That's a great place to be, but when you're exposed before a secular society, a a, a society of of murder, a society of uh, crushing the image of God in hundreds of different ways, whew, that's not good. And to say we don't need anything, we're we're rich, mm. we got it figured out. We don't need anything. God, you you stay over there. We're gonna put you over there. We don't need you. We're good to go because we got a lot of money and we got it all figured out in our worldly wisdom. We don't need you. And what that does is that just lays us bare and exposes us to the to the to the God of this age. Which first Corinthians four or say is it first or second Corinthians four? Can't remember which one it is. The God of this age. So I don't I, I was a tangent there. That was a good tangent, but it's the, it's the truth, and I think that leads us right into verse sixteen, uh, which is which is you know a, a verse that most believers know and have heard and have quoted, and um, so it, because of all of that, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So again. We see this act of and consistent, I am constantly not ashamed. I am constantly unashamed. And that is a double negative there. And it's, it's the absence of shame. It's not just the, I'm sorry, it's not just the absence of shame. It is the absence of shame. And I am eager and excited. And this is it. This is only it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not ashamed as I'm okay. Yeah, I'm not ashamed of that, but I'm not going to talk about it. Mm. It's I'm not ashamed of it. And I can't help, but with everything mm. in me, yeah. with all that I am to yeah. be eager to share this because it is the only power mm. and only hope mm. that we have. It is the power of God unto salvation. Mm. Um, and, and I know we're going to camp out here for a while, but this is why it's important to proclaim and herald the gospel using words. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it's, and it's for everyone, right? That's right. The Jew first and then the Greek, right? I mean, that's in that day, that, that runs the gauntlet of people, right? Mm-hmm. You, 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 that run, I mean, the Jew and the Greek. I mean, it's for, it, this is for everyone. The gospel is for everyone, right? And, it's, and, and there is no, and, and, and there are other places, Paul talks about how, hey, I didn't, I didn't come to you. I didn't come to you speaking with this great language and using fancy words. No, I preached Christ and him crucified. That's the power of yeah. that's the power of God. Yeah. There, there, there's no more powerful message than the gospel. That's right. So so when when Paul says that, I didn't come to you with with, with these with elegant speech. Mm-hmm. Right? Why? Because elegant speech won't save you. That's right. right. No, That's right. no evidence can save you. No, mm-hmm. not my crafty arguments, mm-hmm. but only That's the, the gospel. That's right. Because ju- he writes here, the power of God for salvation. And I and I think we would. I think I think that Dunamis. we. I think Sorry. yeah yeah absolutely. Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. 
we, yeah, it's explosive, man. The, the, the gospel is explosive, especially when it's coming from someone who loves someone and who has, it, it is clear that Paul loves these people and it's clear that his own life has, has experienced this dynamic, explosive gospel, right? And, and when, when those two things it knocked are, him down, it knocked yeah. him down literally. And when, when the, those, when those things are combined, when a winsome, loving person comes and tells you and gives you this explosive message, man, that's where, that's where salvation takes place. Salvation takes place in that, that that's talking about apologetics, man. Like yes. that's it, man. Yes. A loving, yes. a loving heart and eager and willing, uh, a regenerate person that's under the obligation of Christ to go and preach this explosive thing. That's where, that's where, that's where the Holy Spirit works, man. Well, and when you look at the word salvation, um, soteri- soteria, yep. mm-hmm. uh, where we get soteriology, right. uh, it's deliverance. It literally means preservation, safety. It's deliverance um, from enemies and from, mm-hmm. from all sense. It's, it's past de- deliverance from past sins. It's deliverance and salvation from the present possession of sin and for the future salvation and hope. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know what it's deliverance from, we'll get there next time. Mm-hmm. But look at verse 18. Mm-hmm. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Okay, that's the sins against God and all unrighteousness, which is the sins against ourselves and others of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. That's danger. We need to be delivered from a present danger because of our own sin. Yeah. We need to be delivered by God through Christ from God mm-hmm. because right. of our sin. That's right. That's right. And it's not it, 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 and it's it's. It's explosive in in a sense that it, that the gospel doesn't just impact uh, because listen we as as humans we are totally depraved that do, it doesn't mean we are as bad as we can be but what it mean what total depravity means is it means that there is not a part of us that has not been impacted That's by right. the fall and by sin That's right. and therefore restoration has to take place in every part of us and That's salvation right. the idea of salvation is is a is soteria part of that means becoming whole again right. and and where where all where all the parts of us begin to be made new again right jesus is making all things new That's right. and that means all parts of us that been have been touched and marred by the fall and by sin all of those things are being renewed and made new in the, in the, in this explosive message of the gospel. Psalm nineteen seven: The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. soul the, the Hebrew absolutely. word for soul is nepesh. Mm-hmm. It is the whole person. Yeah. It is all of you from mm-hmm. the inside out, mm-hmm. and it is explosive right. when you that's think right. about being resurrected from death to life. That's an explosive thing. Oh yeah, that happens. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So man. And, well, the heart, it, right? It's it, right. That's that's why that's why we see in Ezekiel thirty six that we need a heart transplant because the Bible paints the that's picture. The Bible paints the picture of our heart being the center of all all of us. The the heart is where everything flows from in in a person. That's where the that's where the life center is. And if the heart gets changed, then that means everything gets changed. That's right. Right, and so and so the gospel the gospel doesn't just it doesn't just make your pinky better. 
right? <laughs> it, go, it, goes in, it goes in and rips out your heart and gives you a new one, right. and that heart begins to heal through the power of the Spirit, begins to heal all the parts of us that have been affected by the what fall. What a beautiful image of, of justification and sanctification oh, yeah. you just yeah. gave right there, right? The heart is... So you think about what the heart does, right? From a physical standpoint, it pumps blood through your body, Okay, so that blood has to start somewhere and it does take time to reach your extremities. That's right. right. So when we are regenerate, when the Lord does come in, Mm -hmm. as Hebrews says, and and as with a scalpel and replaces our heart, we are immediately justified. We're immediately pardoned. We're immediately the imputed righteousness of Christ is given to us. But it takes takes a long time for that. Exactly. Work its way out to every part that's been affected. That's why sanctification is a lifelong process, because it takes time for that. That new heart to pump that spiritual blood to all of our extremities. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, God's, God's God's word is good. Dude, I mean, amen. That's, <laughs> all, that's what I'm saying. Like, man. Yeah. I've, I've, so, so, so to bringing it back to the to dealing with the culture, right? Because when we look out in our culture mm. and we see all the garbage that takes place, the gospel is the only thing. That can transform a culture mm-hmm. because it's the only thing. The rest of it's just behavior modification. The, the rest That's of it's just it behavior and, modification. And, and sanctification and behavior modification are not the same thing. No. That's right. So, Anybody can white knuckle it for so, a while. So be, just like you said, we're all born totally depraved. Mm-hmm. So when we try to pass laws and, and such that is just basically behavior modification, mm-hmm. we're not getting to the heart of the problem because That's right. we need a heart transplant. So what do we need to do? We need to preach the gospel That's right. to everyone. That's right. That's right. That's right. Every, everyone, even, even, you know, even those who, listen, even those who you disagree with politically, Greeks, barbarians, wise, and the foolish. That's right. That's right. That's right. Listen, Jesus saved a Samaritan woman who who was a, who was essentially a dog. A, a dog, right? He he saved her. He, a Jew, went to this Samaritan woman and he saved her. You you can't get any bigger chasm between two groups of people than the Jews and the Samaritans. They hated each other. And Jesus went right into town, right in the middle of freaking town, and saved a, a Samaritan woman. And, it, well, I, we can't, oh boy. I can't. <laughs> Go, man. Don't, don't, don't hold back. Well, well, how did he do it? He called her out on her sin. Yeah. Right, he started out yeah. right. Started out with a conversation about water. Yeah, that's right. And, and then he moved towards. Yeah, you're. you're yeah. How well, many husbands do you that's have? That's right. That's exactly right. Hey, and and then listen. And, oh, that that was the question I was going to ask at the very beginning. What was it? Go ahead. It was, it was. It had to do with apologetics. It was like at what point? At what point during an apologetic uh, conversation or a presentation of the gospel? At what point is it? Do we? Is it incumbent upon us to tell that person you are living in sin and you are under the wrath of God? Right, right. That's because Jesus didn't wait that long to tell her that. That's right. Jesus now he now he did it way more graciously than we did because he's he's God, right? So he knew the exact right moment. But we have to be dependent prayerfully on the Spirit to to guide us and to give us uh, understanding as to in the middle of a conversation when is the right time that we that we make that presentation. Right. You you don't just go in there guns blazing. No. 
Yeah. But you got to they got to blaze sometime well, because at you some can't, point. You yeah. cannot preach the good news without right. talking That's about right. the bad That's news. Right. And That's so right. I, I think deep were you asking for an answer or was that rhetorical? Yeah, no, it, no, it was no, it was, I don't have the right answer. I, I, so I, I, I mean, I mean, so, I, I mean I, I'm throwing it out there. Yeah, I, I mean, would, I mean, at some point, uh, it's got to. It, it just depends on the conversation. It, it does. It depends it, on it, who it is. It right. depends on who it is. It depends on the conversation. Because I mean, I've had multiple conversations conversations with different types of people, and at each point, it comes up at different points. But um, you, you you have to be gracious. Now, be bold. Mm. Be firm. Mm-hmm. There are parts where guns are going to start blazing, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't just go in there trying to rip someone's face off, Mm-mm. right? You, yeah. you, right. If your goal is to give the gospel, mm. well, you have to be gracious in giving it. Is, as well. Yeah, is your goal to win an argument or to save their soul? Well, well, and you don't you don't save their soul. But no. I'm sorry, let, right, let, me, right, let me rephrase right. that. Is your goal to win an argument or for God to save their soul through a bold and full presentation of yeah, the gospel? That's right. That's right. Is it said in love? And well, tr- that's where that's funny where theo- story. That's where theology matters. That's is, right. Is, if, do you do you do you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you believe that the word of God, that you believe that the word of God and the gospel are the power, are dynamic and explosive to save right. that person? And if the answer is yes, well, then you don't need to win an argument. You That's need to right. get to the explosive part, That's which right. is Jesus. Yeah. Yep. For in it. The righteousness of God is revealed. Yeah, that's right. right. And listen, and completely into verse. D- that's right. Verse that's right. Well, and, well, let's let, let let's hit on let's hit on a, one little point here. Uh, verse sixteen, uh, and and I believe that this is the same tense of John three sixteen of believers. It's the believing ones, right? It's it is those who are believing. The the gospel is the power of God for salvation for those those who are believing. That's right. It's right. It's it's it's, it's not just whoever chooses to believe. It's not right. It's the same. It's the same thing as John three sixteen. Right. For whosoever is are the believing ones. Right. They will be saved. Yeah. It's 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 the emphasis is on the belie- the believing ones. Those who are believing. And so uh, I just I think that that's 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 worth noting there, um, just because uh, different translations may have different words there for it, and so um, that's just something that I that I looked at um, that I kind of saw there. So um, I just wanted to point that out um, that, uh, and we don't we don't know we we don't. That's that's why we go preach the gospel, right? Because we don't know we don't know who who those people are. So. Um, I I would agree with that statement about it relating to John three sixteen. I mean, because you look at the when you look at the the Greek there, um, to think to be true, mm-hmm. to be persuaded of, mm-hmm. to credit, to place confidence in, and that's an active confidence mm-hmm. to entrust a thing to one. And 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 to be active, yep, you have to be alive. That's right. No, that's a good point. To be active, yeah, that's right. You have to be yeah. alive. Amen, dude. So you have you must be born again in order to even see the kingdom. In order to believe that means regeneration comes yes, before faith. That that means regeneration comes before faith, right? Because if believing is an active thing, dead people aren't active. Right? They we must be we must be alive to be active. So um yeah. Good point. Good point there, Chris. 
That's so, not where I was going, but hey. I, I pre- yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, um, it's there. Yeah, it is there. <laughs> so, <laughs> verse seventeen. Th- this is this has been called the greatest literary verse that's ever been written. Uh, th- this is the a lot of theologians have called this verse the the th- this is the crux of the book of Romans. Um, and so that's we're gonna spend some time here. It's big. It's big. huge. Um, so we'll just read it again. For in it, the it being the, the gospel, gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith, which he's quoting Hosea there, right? Uh, Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Habakkuk 2.4. Um, um, golly, man. Uh, this, this, and there are actually parts of this verse that are, very actually heavily debated as to um, the way this the way this parses out in the Greek and and things like that. But um, uh, a great point that I read uh, in the commentary I was reading today, uh, speaking of the righteousness, the righteousness of God here is not just an abstract thing. No, because if it were an abstract, if it were just like an abstract characteristic of God, there would not need to be faith in order to be saved, right? It, it, it's just a demonstration of who he is. But that the righteousness is actually directly connected to the salvation in verse 16, that those two things cannot be pulled apart, right? The righteousness of God, right? We, we see it. For in the gospel, in it, the gospel, the righteousness, the righteousness of God is revealed, but the gospel is the power of God for salvation. So righteousness and salvation are directly connected correct, to correct. each other, right? And so, um, so we can't, we cannot tear those two apart. I mean, and really, that's because in salvation we have the imputed righteousness of Christ. Right. So the 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 word righteous righteousness comes from a, a term in the marketplace, right? The, a balancing scale. Mm. So on one side, you have the absolute perfect standard of God. And w- if, if we were just to put ourselves uh, apart from salvation on the scale, it doesn't tip it. Any right, imbalance right. of the scale sends us directly to hell. That's right. That's right. So, so, so one sin. So right. one, one thought one of thought one of sin. sin. That's right. Yeah. And so That's it's... Right. It's it's on it is the on one side of the scale is the righteousness right. the holiness the those attributes of God that in order to live a righteous life we have to meet there's yep. no negotiation That's about right. it so right. you have to no ba- way find a way do that. how do you balance the scale. Christ's righteousness. Exactly. That's, that's right. what exactly. brings the scales that's, that's, even. That's, that's right. That's right. And that's and that's that's where the explosiveness comes from. The ex- the explosive dynamic power of the gospel is found in the righteousness of Christ that is imputed to believers. Right. That's that's where it's that's where the explosiveness happens. And that's where that's where the explosiveness on the cross happened. Well, and that's that 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 is why this is also why one of the reasons, many reasons why Christ had to be both truly God and truly man. That's right. Because, okay, 
just just a sacrifice and substitute for our sin doesn't balance the scale to make it even. It brings it us, us back to, to even zero. To it gets one, us back one to zero. Right. Where we're going to tip it back again. Exactly. So yeah. it gets us back to zero. We needed the imputed righteousness, mm-hmm. his faithful and perfect life mm-hmm. to be imputed unto us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That way we could have salvation. That's right. That's right. That's right. It, it's, it takes both. It, 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's both. And that's, that's the... That's the wisdom of the gospel. That's that's why no human could ever have come up with the gospel. Right. Right. That 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 is that is the the eternal wisdom of God is revealed in the person of Christ and his life and his death and his resurrection. I mean, it, it's the Trinity came up with that, right? The Trinity is the one it, I mean, this is this is. I mean, this is this is complete. This is complete gospel. That's, That's right. why it's explosive, man. Well, and so so let, let's talk about. Let's continue to talk about righteousness. Mm. Um, something else to remember is, um, and, and I didn't know this until until I started researching it and doing some of the Bible study stuff. Is justification and righteousness have the same Greek root? Yeah. Mm. Dude, so you, all you had to do is read one of my papers from like two years ago. It's, I don't read Dick, your papers. It's dickass, <laughs> right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> so, so what the? So we're declared righteous from from a practical like a, like the, like a courtroom sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, what's going to happen in our lives is that practical righteousness, the way we live, our sanctification, and our deeds are going to reflect the righteousness that has been imputed onto us mm-hmm. from the forensic mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So. We are not, and, and I, love, I love, again, go back to Dr. Lawson, I love the way he says this, that we don't, we don't judge men's hearts, but we are fruit inspectors. Oh, yeah. That's right. And we have to be starting with ourselves. Sure. sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Take the plank out of your eye first. Right. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. We expect our own fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to be a fruit inspector. Otherwise, yep. how do you know that the, the fruit on the inside of the skin, even though the, the skin may look good, how do you know the fruit on the inside isn't rotten? That's right. Well, or, yeah. Hey. How, how, and how are you, how are you ever going to submit to... Uh, elders in your church. How are you right. ever? How are you ever going to submit to a a pastor at your church? How are you ever going to do that if you're not able to look and and inspect the fruit in their own lives? And I would say that, and I would say that we are called as lay people to inspect the fruit of the lives of the people who lead us in our church. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. And, and they're right. held to a higher standard because of that. And so you know, and we're called as brothers and sisters to inspect the fruit in each other's lives. I mean, I, right? It's Galatians six, right? Galatians six. If a brother's wandering, man, you got to go and bring him back. That's right. That's right? right. Well, and 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 something else to remember too. Going, I mean, going back to this righteousness that the Lord does demand of us from, uh, first of all, for salvation, mm-hmm. what God requires, He gives. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but it's, it's also true for the practical righteousness, the fruit in our lives. Mm-hmm. What God requires, He gives, and what how we have that giving is His word. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. We have that right here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and something, and, and I love, I love words. And and and, I've, and and you guys may have heard me say this. I mean, I know these two guys have heard me say this. I love the small words in scripture. I think that sometimes we, we, I know I do. You skip right over words like "is revealed." The word "is" there. The verdict's in. Mm-hmm. It's revealed. Mm-hmm. It is revealed mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. those in Christ. Mm-hmm. The verdict is in now. You have That's been right. justified now. Mm-hmm. You have been sanctified, transformed, renewed, regenerate now. Right. It's not something you've got to wait for or that you're looking forward <clears throat> to. <clears throat> it's something that uh, once 
the transformation, the regeneration, and the proclamation of faith have all occurred. It's something that that is instantaneous that happens. It's not it's not something you've right. got to wait for. And yeah. what what a beautiful thing, and and what a, a beautiful time to remind us that it's it it was we were chosen from eternity past. Mm-hmm. You have been set apart, as Romans 9 tells us, for the believer. We've been set apart as vessels of good use, of clean use, of honorable mm-hmm. use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And praise the Lord for his grace in that. Yeah. And that he's revealed that to us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think <clears throat> um, for the righteousness of God... I, I, I want to, the gospel m- made, gave, I'm, I'm trying to word this the right way. Romans 3, right? Romans 3 says that uh, God could no, no longer pass over former sins, right? Which means... Which, 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 which means to me that there came a point where God's righteousness was, 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 was coming into, could come into question. Am I, as a holy God, can I, can he still allow these sins to continue without there being a payment for them? No. And, and, and so, and he, and that, that's what made God, that's what uh, let me. Let, I just want to go to Romans three. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher this. I, I'm, I feel like I'm stumbling over my daggum words here. But <clears throat> yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's look verse uh, twenty two for uh, verse twenty three. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified, right? Made right by His grace as a gift through the redemption, the purchasing, the per- the buying back. That is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation, a satisfaction uh, by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness. Whose righteousness? This is God. This was to show the righteousness of God. This this is the gospel. In, In Romans 3, after he condemns everybody... He says this is he gives them the he gives the gospel, right? He tells them the gospel. And the gospel is about God's name remaining righteous, his character being righteous. But listen what he says though. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. That means that means to me his righteousness could come into question if sins don't get paid for, right? Because then he's not just. Then he's not righteous if sins aren't getting paid for. Listen, verse 26. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus, right? That's the, that's the explosiveness of the gospel right there. That's the explosiveness of the gospel is that in Christ and by God's righteousness, he can, he can be just and, and his wrath can be satisfied for the sins that have been committed that he had passed over. 
but at the same time, he is able to make right those whom he has set apart before the foundation of the world. That's the explosiveness of the gospel is that God can be just and justifier at the same time. That's right. So in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. How? From faith to faith. Faith is used three times in this one verse alone. It's a very faith interesting statement there. alone. Mm-hmm. Faith alone, given by God. Um, it is revealed. It is re- he, he has revealed it to us from faith to faith. Go ahead. I see you chomping a bit yeah, over there. Well, well, well so... Uh, so in the co- the commentary I read, like there are many different ways that that, pe- that people that theologians have interpreted what it means to be from faith to th- faith or from faith for faith, and uh, and so this guy actually quotes like Karl Barth a little bit, like from faith of the preacher to faith of the hearer. Right. He he bring he brings uh, and then and then the word faith actually can also be translated faithful. So from the faithfulness of God to our faith in in Jesus or I mean, there are just multiple different interpretations here. Um, and so I, I just really enjoyed kind of kind of going through all of those. Um, Strong's definition says from persuasion, moral conviction especially on the reliance of Christ for salvation, abstractly, consist, uh, consistency in such profession by extension, the system of religious truth itself, assurance, belief, faith, fidelity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, so, 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 I, l- let's talk about that first one. Yeah. It's, yeah, I thought from was, the faith of the. I don't really care, you know. Carl Bart's a little bit kooky, but you know, I mean, from, he has from some, the faith of the preacher, which Martin Lloyd Jones says, when you're preaching, it's it's you're preaching from the whole man to the whole man. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not it's not the preacher's faith to give. Yeah, right. It's right. it's faith given by the Spirit of God. So I, I mean, yeah, I, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure that he's. I'm not sure that he's. Saying that this that the that the preacher is giving faith, I, I think he I think he from, might just be from from, from a display of his has. faith. Yes, okay. yeah, okay. from his from the preacher's faithfulness mm-hmm. to to, okay. to 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 the faith of those. I mean, I I've never know. thought about it like that before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just very, it was it's, it's, it's very very interesting. I mean, I, I I tend to I tend to lean toward uh, like I think the NIV uh, translated like. Uh, faith at the begin from the beginning to the end. Right, that's right. Yeah, w- yeah. which is which is kind of where I, I kind of yeah. land there. So, like, yeah, so like it, a, it starts with faith, saving faith. It yes. starts with faith, and it endures by faith by to right. the end yeah. to the yeah, end yeah, yeah. of faith. That, yeah. That's that, the way. that's kind of where that, I land. That, too. That's 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 where that's where I kind of land on it. But it was it was just it was interesting to hear you know to watch to listen to uh, get this guy parse the Greek a little bit here and kind of give give the different uh, possibilities here. So the, he says the NIV uh, by faith from first to last mm-hmm. is the way sure. the N, is the way the NIV translates it. And I I actually think that that's that's a little bit more. That's involved. And I like it. It's, yeah. it's involved, and like there's it. a little yeah. bit more there. You know, kind of, it kind of puts a little bit more definitive statement on it. Yeah, um, it's a, it's more clear. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I I would I would agree w- with that. Yeah, it is the from the start from the effectual calling 
of and and saving faith and the progression in daily day-to-day faith the heart, to the end the heartbeat right the, the heartbeat that's right mm. because by God's grace yeah, right, beca- because right. he says uh r- r- at the end of the verse the righteous shall live by faith yeah we, which is which is interpreted a couple of different ways as well <laughs> <laughs> they're wrong. Well, well, well. He get, one of them is right. Um, <laughs> guaranteed, one of them is right. <laughs> right. Which if you give, now, if you, if you which, give every is, perspective, one of them is yeah. bound well, to be and, right. And, and ultimately, that one might be right. But yeah. and again, this is where it's important to know the difference between application and interpretation. Sure. So sure. well, well, the application here, if you if the two that he gives in here, the application is actually much different. If you depending on how you read it, so uh, so it's um, so the righteous will live by faith, or the one who is righteous by faith shall live. Isn't that the same difference? No, no, no because uh, because one of them the emphasis is on day to day living, and one is and, by and, and, eternal, and one and one is yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. So he he comes down, the righteous person by faith shall live. So there is life. So the faith that we have in Jesus is the is the giving of gives life. Sure. And and, and that's the that's the that's the I think that's the interpretation that that fits best. I because agree. because in the because if you if you read it in the Greek, uh, by faith is in the middle of the sentence. So it's either it's either talking about the righteous or it's talking about living. We, right? Right. Yeah, so I see what you're uh, saying. Yep, yep, yep. So um but I think he I think in the context though and and he because he because of the because of the rest of the letter and because of how he uses those phrases, righteous, and and, and, and and those things throughout the rest of the letter, he he this whoever this guy is uh, in this commentary comes down on that it, the, the by faith is modifying the not the living but the the righteous by faith have life. That's where he comes down. So I I I I definitely I definitely would you know. I think I agree with that. I mean, I, I I can see that, but I also see Paul where he says, um, you know, everything you do, do it to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. But and also, uh, anything not done in faith is sin. Mm-hmm. So so everything we are to do in our day to day lives is is done from a place of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he 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 uses Galatians three eleven as an example to show that it's about justification. Right in 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 Galatians three eleven, that faith is about justification and not and not the day to day living. Hmm. So he he kind of uses Paul in other places to kind of build that case and yeah. made sense to me. That's good. Yeah, yeah, made sense. And, to me. And, and you should scripture to interpret scripture. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I think we already hit on uh, anything I had by faith. It's just important to remember uh, faith doesn't sit still. Mm-hmm. Faith is uh, faith is an, an active faith. Um, uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon said that faith is the eye that looks at Christ, the hand that reaches out to grasp Christ, the mouth that devours Christ. Mm. Um, and uh, and Doctor Lawson added to that the feet that chases after Christ. Mm. 
Um, you know, so, so it's important to remember that, that he is the object of faith, that he is given the faith, that there should be evidence of faith. Um, and, um, how it's, 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 we are saved by grace, right? Mm. Through faith. Mm. And it's not, and it's not about how big our faith is. Right. It's about, it's about who our faith is in. You know, the object. It's it's the it's the it's the object of the faith that it's the object of the faith that does everything that you just said, Chris. It's not it's not faith is not something that we muster up on our own. That's right. Because it is a gift that has been given to us, and because the object of our faith is sovereign and all powerful, that's 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 why our faith is everything that you just said yep. is act is an active faith yep. is yep. because it's because of who our faith is in not because our faith is big and great and not even paul paul's you know not not even t- like paul did i mean we would all say yeah he was a great man of faith but he, he would probably tell you hey it's not about my faith it's he about did say that it's about who my faith is in that's right right it's yeah. about who my and, faith is in. and it's because of that um that true faith in the object of Christ does not allow us to fall into a place of antinomianism mm. because yeah. true saving faith in the object of Christ is an obedient faith that chases after Christ and seeks Christ and the things of Christ and the things that glorify Christ. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that's, that, that, that's huge. And so, so kind of, kind of wrapping Kind of wrapping this up, I, I think what I, I would love to do, if you guys are cool with it, is read this whole section again, 1 through 17. Mm-hmm. Now that we've talked about that, we've spent two two episodes here walking through what the New American Standard calls the gospel exalted um, and, and how uh, the gospel changes us and how we are, that the heart that we are to have uh, for those in our lives, believer and unbeliever alike. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, as, as we move into parts three and four, where we're talking about unbelief and its consequences, um, and the culture, uh, it's important to remember that we're talking about it from a standpoint that we have to think about it and talk about it with that spiritual lens, uh, of the gospel. And that's exactly what Paul has set up for us here. So I just want to read this. Yep. Um, this is Romans one, one through 17. Uh, and then, yeah, Paul a bond servant of Christ Jesus called as an apostle set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy scriptures concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David, according to the flesh, who was declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his namesake, among you, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and of the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because of your faith, excuse me, because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. For God, whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his son, is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you, always in my prayers, making request if perhaps now at last by the will of God I may succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you 
so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that often I have planned to come to you and have been been prevented thus far, so that I may obtain some fruit among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Amen. 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 That's going to do it for this episode, part two of Romans. But before we go, mentioned last episode, we're going to do a book giveaway. So I'm going to give you the details of that book giveaway. It's going to be Dr. White's The Potter's Freedom. Great book. Everyone should have it. And what we're going to do, it's only for Twitter. It's only, it's a, the contest is only for people who are on Twitter. So I'm going to post a picture of this book at some point. If you can get Dr. White to retweet this picture, you win the book. That's, that's simple, and that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's simple, yeah. But, I, you know, how many people that follow us? you think we'll be able to get Dr. White to retweet that? I know one. Do you? Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, this might be a short okay. contest. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're not allowed to win, Nick. No, it's not me. Oh, okay. Dr. White don't care about me, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Be, be blessed. Go in God's grace. See you later. Good day. <laughs>